Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, Marketing Meanders with Sally and Sam. And it's well, this is this is a red letter day, isn't it? I think this is our. We are incredibly excited. We are. We are unbelievably. We, we can hardly contain ourselves. It, it's it's our it's our hundredth uh, edition of the podcast. And well, how did we get this far, Sally? How did we get to a hundred? Well, when question. you told me we got that far, I was absolutely staggered. I thought, good grief, we waffle on a lot, don't we? Heavens, I hope we've been helpful. But I think it happened because when we started it. Sam and I used to work together and we'd go out for coffee and start talking. And we were actually doing this months in the meeting. And one of us, I think it was you, Sam, said, God, we could turn this into a podcast, couldn't we? Yeah. And, I, and we did. We yeah, just yeah. thought we were expecting to do maybe three. Yes. I think, well, that was the thing, wasn't it? Because we were looking at it at the time. I remember actually distinctly, we, I think we were having a coffee. I had a very strong coffee for some reason. So maybe that was the caffeine that was talking. And it was, uh, and I think we just sort of said, yeah, we, we'd had a few conversations, hadn't we? And then we'd done this one where I'm sure we'd gone on for like an hour at least. And then we thought, gosh, this is, uh, yeah, why, why don't we try and record some of this? So there were a few different ideas because we were talking about blogs and things at the time and content creation. And and then I think, yeah, as you say, I sort of maybe said, hey, maybe a podcast would be good. I've listened to these podcasts now and it, it might be a, I think it was also a way for us to actually download and get the conversation going rather than having to have something that was too heavily edited into a blog. Because I think we, we've both been doing quite a lot of that at the time. And they're great, of course. But I think we'd, we'd sort of said that if we had something, a vehicle where we could discuss things and have more of a natural flow of conversation, hence meanders as well, I think, because we knew it would be meandering. Because that's, that's how we communicate. Exactly. This, this is how we do it. As yeah. people will who've been regular listeners will, will know, this is how it goes. Um, but it, it it was that sort of idea, wasn't it? And I think the fact that all the little, hopefully, as you say, the useful nuggets of information flow out of that, don't they? That's right. I mean, I think this is a this was absolutely perfect example of, you know, you've done all these courses on how to design a campaign and how to think about it properly and write it down and budget it and schedule it. And actually what usually happens is you have a bit of an idea with a mate and you chat about it and you think, let's have a go, which is not how you should do it, obviously, but it's there's a really valuable essence in doing it like that. Because we were probably, if we'd sat down and written up a campaign strategy for us starting this and how we were going to market it, and we would probably never have done it. Mm, yeah. Well, that's it, isn't it? As you say, and it's funny how so much of what we we talk about as well and we're, that's what we're, by the way everyone that's what we're hoping to do today is a bit of a, a, a i guess not a full recap but a bit of a looking at the themes and things and the issues we've we've discussed but that's the sort of the way in which it came about wasn't it and i think the fact that it's an interesting thing in itself the fact that sometimes you just get on and do things and give them a go give them a try when yes of course you you want to be planned out and and properly um understanding what you should do budgets and all the rest of it which i know we'll come to um but look, looking at how you need to structure things and, and plan things but sometimes if it's not something that you're, I suppose if it's something new and you want to try, that whole thing of testing and trying something out yeah. and getting into something which is more um, on the creative end of the spectrum, you've got to sort of just go for it, haven't you? Both yeah. feet first. Sometimes and... you've just got to dive in the deep end and see what happens. And this might, to be honest, we might have only done one. And if we thought, oh, this is going to take too long or actually nobody's going to listen to this, it was rubbish. Um, and then we started doing, we tried other little things. Like we haven't done many for a long time, but we'd started doing mini meanders where one, each one of us would say something. We haven't done that. Sam used to do mini meanders by walking in the fields. It was kind of romantic. It was like a kind of, you know, something like Wordsworth suddenly stomping through the fields, having great marketing thoughts. It was very 
very romantic. Well, the church, yeah, I have I have done a few more of those actually, but I've, I've oh, kept I see. them. I've kept them a bit of secret at the moment. So, but as you say, walking through the fields, that was my lunchtime kind of thing. When you know, I mean, particularly obviously the lockdown stuff going on and and, and post lockdown as well. Just having a walk at lunchtime, sort of clear your head and then think of some ideas. And it would typically be on the phone. So nothing like the incredible um, recording um, uh, prowess of of, of yeah. being in a Story ninety four studio right now, for example, which we'll, we'll probably come to. But um, uh, just getting something on my on my phone and having a bit of a, a, a download of some thoughts and ideas. Um, I've got quite a catalogue of them, which I will have to share and, 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 and get on board with. Uh, but it's interesting, unless you sort of get those those thoughts out and share them with somebody, perhaps it's best to talk about them, but also see what other people think. You know, you get some responses on LinkedIn and people saying, oh, yeah, that's I, I think the same thing too, or I have that problem, or actually, had you thought about it in this way, is really useful. It's in, Sam, you're absolutely right. It's incredibly valuable to share your ideas. It's, we've, we've been saying for ages that when you're writing content, share it with someone to check your spelling. But it's just as valuable to share your ideas and see whether anybody thinks this is of any value at all because you really probably shouldn't waste if if we'd done one and everyone had gone well you know probably maybe not we wouldn't have done any more we wouldn't have been embarrassed we wouldn't have stopped we wouldn't have blushed we'd have gone okay why well, we haven't quite got that right and we just might have tweaked it or flexed it or mm. made it 10 minutes as opposed to an hour yeah so but it's really really valuable just to throw things out there and see what sticks exactly and because and the, the other thing i would say is when we first started doing this it, you i suppose we we're looking at thinking well it's a very crowded market you know that if, if you if you google like marketing podcasts things like that that there are there are so many out there of course which from all over the world and people have different ideas about why they want to share ideas and think about things and and i think one of the thing one of the themes i would say that um has come up for me during the whole sharing of this is about the sort of the imposter syndrome a little bit and the kind of the freelancers um, I don't know, uh, demons on the shoulder, really, of the freelancer in particular, because obviously we both are freelancers now, having been in, you know, worked, well, obviously working in teams, and we are both working in teams as well. But that, that's that been an interesting aspect for me. And I think something that probably attacked me during the beginning of this, you think, why is anybody interested in what I have to say? Do Completely. I have why should anyone knowledge? listen to me? Yeah. What do I know? Why, why would they? Why would there be anything that's that's, that's uh, not revelatory, but anything even useful that you might think? Well, you know, I'm probably going to get this wrong. And uh, I mean, it's, it's my typical sort of mantra goes in my head about almost everything I do. But I think that's something I remember. Um, I think with Hilary Nightingale, we we talked about a bit of imposter syndrome, yeah. and, and and that's kind of a recurring theme. So even though we've been talking, of course, about marketing and sales sort of BD issues. A lot of the um, the self exploration, a lot of the mini meanders, I think I've done, have been more about the kind of what is it that plays in your mind. Yeah, and I think when you are working in a corporate, it's very scheduled and you've got deadlines and lead times, and it's very important you get everything on the right time. But it's very important just to take that little step back and have a think about what you're doing. And you know, don't just say, "Oh, well, it's Tuesday morning. I've got to do this. I've got to do this." I mean, yes, you have probably got to do that, but at the same time maybe you don't have to do it quite to the nth moment mm. just have a little think and think okay actually do i do i really need to do this and have the courage to say to your boss look every tuesday morning i write a report about what i've done last week um who reads that <laughs> um is how valuable is this and it's never i mean he might say it's incredibly valuable it goes all the way up to the board and we couldn't do without it and that's tremendous but actually he might go what report 
you know, and you've got to make sure that people are actually noticing what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And, and this is this is an interesting point, I think, in general, isn't it? Again, looking back at all the episodes we've done, it's this almost a little bit of deconstructing some of the um, received or perceived you know, knowledge, uh, the, the existing knowledge about uh, practices and what is good practice. And obviously, it's our opinion on lots of these things, but I guess taken from our experiences. But I think one of the things I've learned as a freelancer um, over the last four years has been looking back into businesses and organisations organizations and obviously particularly marketing departments and, and sort of saying well gosh so why why are these things done not to say necessarily they're outright wrong but you have a different perspective when you're looking at them and particularly when you're talking about them as well uh, and I found that really interesting you know when we've done interviews with people who perhaps are in the same similar position to us have had a similar experience of being in a, in a business and a team and a corporate coming out or they're still in there and and just seeing that kind of um, the, the differences of perspective you gain from just stepping to one side for a minute and looking in and saying, as you say, well, why don't you take more time to sort of reflect on, is that report useful or is it just, or is that newsletter useful or is it just, well, we've always done that, that kind of mentality and, and other things like that. And there's so much we've always done that. And it's, I think when we talked about, um, to Amanda Classens about um, market research, it's really important that you ask your market whether they care whether you've got a newsletter every week. I mean, I know now we can do analytics and see, oh, well, you know, X number of people open it, read it, engage with it or something. That's all very valuable. But at the same time, are those people that are actually opening it, are they just opening it and just leaving it open and not reading it? Are they, do they read it and become hugely enraged with your brand because everything in it is wrong, but they can't be bothered to reply? And it's, so it's, it's actually really important not to just sit and go, oh, yeah, it's all working terrifically. You do need to dig into things and quite regularly because just because it's working this month doesn't mean it's going to work forever and a day until Christmas. Mm, mm, yeah, exactly. And, and it's so it's really that I don't know why the word deconstruction comes into my mind. But as you say, deconstructing and looking at that and saying, again, what, why is there always this idea of we should always do it this way because that's the way the old boss used to do it. And therefore they've moved on and moved up and they've handed it over to you. And perhaps, you know, particularly in teams, you're sort of, there's a culture of this, this is how, what good and what normal looks like. And you're perhaps a little more afraid to push things and say, no, why do we do them differently? Or why don't we think about it in a more uh, pragmatic sense? I mean, you know, looking to our analytics, for example, looking to understand what else could we do as well? Because I think the whole thing of, I've mentioned it probably a number of times, this whole kind of opportunity cost. Because I used to work for a, in an economics consultancy. So there's always these things like um, counterfactuals and opportunity costs and things like this. But you think, well, yeah, if, as a team, if I've got my three or four people, 10 people, 50 people working on these items because we just always do it and we don't, we can't prove their worth. Yep. Maybe we can. Maybe we've never even tried to. What else could they be doing if they weren't doing this thing that may not have as much worth. So I think things like that as well. Again, it's that stepping back, isn't it? And yeah. reappreciating the situation. And I think for Sam and I, worth, you've got to work out what worth means to you. Is it just financial? Because Sam and I, you may be surprised to hear, don't make a lot of money out of this podcast. We haven't monetized it. We aren't going to the Bahamas. We're not filming this with servants all around us. So we don't monetize this terribly at all. But at the same time, I get extremely good value out of it because it helps me think about things and it helps me go do exactly what Sam's just described, which is, oh, why do I do it like that? Why do I always do a budget like that's just daft? And it's just incredibly valuable like that. So it's really important to step back and go, actually, value might be me being happier at doing my job. 
Mm, absolutely. I, I think it's this real, it's it's a space that's almost sort of cathartic. It allows you to get things out and think about them. And, you know, the people we, we've met as well doing it, you know, in our respective networks, I think that's the really important part of it and, and just understanding from them what, well, what they do. I mean, I, I think one of the things you, you, you'd mentioned previously that uh, we need to look into um, talking to people who do things that we can't do. Um, that was one of your, your your main points that that's what the podcast has enabled us to do as well. And, uh, and that's so revealing and interesting but I, I think drawing the connections together so there's a certain amount of you being able to understand more about you know you, you've got all this stuff clearly we had a lot of stuff going on in our heads and we wanted to talk about it so we we had a medium to do that which is good and, and bore everyone rigid perhaps but but get get into those things of actually discuss discussing ideas and then discussing them with other people and then drawing some of those connections together I think so you start to think well um like when we've done the ones about you know sales and marketing teams working together or yep. events and market research and copywriting and things that we do perhaps you know we've done a little bit of we've commissioned work in but we've not we're not specialists at certain areas, but then you you can understand more about, well, I now know more about where this person is coming from. Yep. Um, so then next time I'm personally working on something like this or advising someone else, I'm going to have a better insight about the right questions to ask and things like that. So hopefully that's where you can find some value if people are listening back to this. You know, That's right. I mean, so. we do go out of our way to interview people that we think might be useful to our to uh, hear a ship um, so that they know that we can't, we, I mean, I'm very proud that I can't do everything. It would be, I mean, marketing grows organically. And when you first start, you do think I'm going to have to learn how to do everything. I'm going to have to be able to do the whole shebang. Now I'm extremely old. And at the very beginning, it was much easier for me to do everything because there was no digital stuff. It was, I and mean, I think Sam can probably do this as well. We spent hours and hours and hours writing copy and making catalogues. That's really what we did. We possibly did the odd advert, but really it was all about paper. Yeah. Making catalogues that sometimes printed correctly, yeah. sometimes arrived on time, and that was it. And there was much less to do all of it. But now all of it is a genuine challenge and you're possibly wrong to try and do all of it. Are you going to do all of it not very well? Or are you just going to focus on a bit of it that you do very well and outsource the rest? Mm, yeah, I mean, and that's that's a really interesting point that I think we've touched on a little bit, and I'd like to do a bit more on. I think the sort of the skills that are required, you know, in the modern modern, I don't know, in quotation marks, marketing team, you know, the contemporary marketing team, you know, what are the skills you need? Because I think I referred several times to this lady who um, she spoke to me when I first went freelance and she was doing some research into, you know, the skills that are needed within modern, again, modern marketing teams, you know, and that young youngsters coming into marketing, you know, graduates, what are the skills that they need, you know? And so there's two things. One, as, as you say, alluding to the, the skills that, you know, we're not all going to be generalists and great at everything so you do need the people with the right skills in your teams um, and you need to know the skills that you actually need in the first place to then recruit for those people to then fill those gaps yep. um, but then secondly I suppose as well it, it's also this understanding of um, you know there are some uh, what I would refer to as the marketing verities almost or the, the sort of the human aspect in particular which I always bang on about but I mean I've just found it interesting when you look at you know there's different modes there's different channels that have uh, evolved in the last 20, 30 years, last five years, um, which, which do move on, but there are certain things which always remain the same. And it's that trying to put the two together, isn't it, almost? It's sort of trying to give people who are coming in with some great new skills, perhaps in digital, a better understanding of some of the the the, the longer-term marketing practice, I suppose, of 
communication. That's true, but some of those aren't very complicated. Some of them are really basic, like put the customer first, always sit in your customer's shoes and see what they're going to be experiencing from it, and budget it correctly. I know I go on about this constantly, but whatever type of marketing you are doing, be that creating catalogues or doing the nth end of of digital marketing, then you've got to budget it properly. Um, And as you say, using the right form of communication. So don't shout at people that are a bit frightened by that. Don't whisper if people are going deaf. So just make sure you're getting your language correctly. Mm, yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. And, and I think it's that, as you say, the appreciation of you know the, the audience and understanding the, the best form of communication with them, because that, I, th- I suppose it's one of the things we've talked about quite a lot is this, again, this profusion of, you know, perhaps people who, as you say, have come from the sort of catalogue generation, should we say. And and I, I too was, was putting together catalogues and, and mail um, mail campaigns, you know, fulfillment centres, trying to get everything to the Royal Mail and work out if you could pay a certain amount of pence for each delivery yeah, of 20,000 catalogues or whatever, and then rushing to the printers to try and get it to, over the line. And do you remember marking up, like marking up catalogues with like tons and tons of those little sort of sticky notes? Oh, on completely. Them and then Absolutely. Going through and then saying that doesn't work there, that doesn't yeah. work there. And, and then you have to change the front cover and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, you know, obviously I know some people still do catalogues, of course, but nowadays lots has moved on and, and there's all these other channels people should be focusing on. But I think one of the themes we've come back to many times has been perhaps, as I say, people who are not native to the, the digital world. They haven't grown up and, and come through their education and their jobs in the, the native digital world, as it were. They are um, thinking, well, am I doing enough of, of all these things? We need to make sure we're covering all the channels. We're doing everything we can on all the digital channels because I've, I've heard of them all. I don't necessarily know much about all of them, but I know that we should be there. You know, I mean, I suppose nowadays perhaps we see less of that potentially because people are getting in, obviously, the people with the right skills and understanding of how to use their channels. But there's still a reasonable amount of it, I suppose, perhaps more more for people who are maybe in the small, sort of smaller business owners, perhaps. You're right. I mean, we talked about this definitely when we said that um, it's always absolutely fatal when the MD comes in and says, oh, my daughter says that TikTok's marvellous. I think we should do that. And that still, I, well, I've, I've, I've got various clients where I get that from. I'm thinking, oh, no, I don't think so. And having to explain that not, not everything is right for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's sort of that. Again, it's it's when you. I think when you know when you go through the uh, the freelance journey, you start to <clears throat> see people more often in 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 a different situation to the one that you've been in. If you're say in a larger corporate and you're working with teams who are specialists, you know the social social media team, for example. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, there's certain things you can rely upon for them to deliver for you and you're utilising their expertise. When you suddenly go into this more um, generalist field, because I think when we started, actually, we said, you know, this is for marketers. It's also for small business owners and people out there who are, you know, they're trying to do marketing, but they're not trained or experienced in this area. So there's bound to be a lot of that thing where, again, the opportunity cost thing comes in, doesn't it? You say, I'm going to produce enough, uh, go across all five of these different channels. I'll be on Facebook, I'll be on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever. Snapchat, I'm going to do the whole lot, but actually I'm not actually focusing on where where my business is coming from yep. and what my audience actually need and where they, the watering holes. As yeah, I do they hang them. out there? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and it's, I, I think 
perhaps you know lots of the stuff we've done in the past has maybe been quite useful for people in that boat in particular certain themes of ones um podcasts we uh, episodes we've done but then also um i'll come back to this again the whole kind of the mentality of the marketer i think is and the communication is and the politics is an interesting piece i'm just saying that so i remember to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> because i think although we both come from quite big corporate backgrounds some of those lessons you learn in corporate are valuable in the SME marketplace as well. There are some things that it just is very valuable to do, which is, you know, proper scheduling, proper marketing plans, proper marketing strategies to make sure that you're going in the right direction at the right speed. That's incredibly valuable. And corporates will make that happen because they will have, you know, quarterly returns they've got to hit. So you'll be forced to do budgets and say how, how much you need next turn, next next quarter, da, da, da. And what will always happen, obviously, in a corporate is the marketing budget gets cut, which is always very, very good good practice for any marketeers to once every four months have your budget cut. Because it makes you think, I mean, although it's very irritating and all marketeers will go, God, it's not fair. They never cut anybody else's budget. And yes, it's not fair. But at the same time, it does hone your skills. If all of a sudden you're expecting to do eight campaigns and you've now only got enough money to do three... It's really, really good practice to do that, to find out exactly what what fluff have I actually packed in here for these eight campaigns. Do I need, did I need to do that? Was it just a load of waffly fluff that yeah. just made me look impressive? And could I have done it with three? Yeah. And it's probably something we ought to do in SMEs as well. Yes, you want to be every, do everything everywhere. Yes, you want to dominate the marketplace. That's all very valuable. But maybe you don't need to waste as much time and energy as you are wasting on the volume that you're doing. Yeah. Oh, oh definitely, definitely. And I, I think that's it, it's been an interesting point because I think we I remember back we had an episode where we talked about the time when perhaps we had a budget which was completely cut. You know, just literally disappeared. And and I, I've had that a couple of times yep. uh, in, in my career. And you and you sort of then think, well, the first thing, yeah, the shock of, oh, great. Well, what what else are we doing now? And then the second thing of, okay, well, we have to do something. So let's be let's be really savvy. Let's be really clear about how we can make this work for us. And as you say, I think there's. It's yeah, taking things that have been extremist, taking the extremes of a situation and saying, well, how could we go? Where could we actually flex here? What's really important, I suppose, is the question it asks, isn't it? Because yep. otherwise, there's all this other stuff, as you say, that you you can do. And I suppose more from the small business angle, you're thinking more, well, I don't have much, if hardly any budget to spend on on this marketing lark. So I need to sort of build upwards rather than starting at a higher point and going being cut. You're sort of thinking, where do I start and where do I go to? You know, but you need that understanding, don't you, as you say? Yeah, and we've definitely talked about this to make sure that you don't, that you talk to other team members. So if your whole budget is cut, probably the first people that you go and talk to is sales and say to them, what leads are you looking for? What's most important to you? So it ought to force you to go and talk to the other members of your team. And even if your team is tiny, even if it's just you and a sales manager, sit down with the sales manager and find out what their targets are, what they need to achieve to make sure that you're doing the right thing. Because it can happen even in the smallest teams that the marketing team is over here doing something very, very valuable and important, never talking to sales about it, and sales is doing something completely different. Yep. Talking to a different persona, even in the small team. So, in fact, being having your market budget cut is really valuable for making you talk to other people. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and and you've touched on there, I think, one of the recurring themes we always come back to, which is about sort of between sales and marketing in particular. And yeah. we, we've had several actual episodes where we've specifically addressed this, haven't we? But I think when you mentioned about, you know, the budgets and almost, you know, the tools, therefore, the budget being a tool, being a, a mechanism uh, by which we all need to work to in all of our, you know, daily lives and working in a business, working on our own, working for anybody, that it's one of those points where you can sort of, uh, a, a point of truth almost or you can come back to that kind of um get you back on track i mean i'm almost as analogies and metaphors and all the rest of it getting begging back on track you know and saying well let's all stick to this we can agree that this is the budget we have and therefore whoever is in the team or on another team let's all follow the same the yeah. same direction and that will never disappear that's always 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 going to be there going making sure that you and the whole team is going in the same direction actually at the same speed there's no point of marketing saying oh look we found a great tiktok plus whatever that may or may not be and then find that actually the sales department i don't know what tiktok plus is they don't know how to um, make the most of that marvellous, marvellous TikTok Plus campaign you've got going because they don't know who hangs out there. They've never met anybody that does it. And actually, it's a complete waste of money. But you really need to make sure that you're going at the right speed. Sales might want to do TikTok Plus soon, mm. but not now. Yeah, yeah, ex exactly, exactly. And, and and it's, I think that really speaks to this whole area we've, we've, we have gone into, as I say, but sales and marketing, but also communication with teams and in, in, in between teams. And more recently about alignment, I suppose. I mean, I know there's a lot more to alignment than just communication, but communication being so, so critical. And, and I think that's what I've really enjoy exploring, really, this, this whole kind of interface between the teams and, and also, you know, manage um, marketing leadership, you know, talking to the rest of their team and understanding how best to um, make people aware of what it is you're doing, you to be aware of what they're doing, and then to actually try and get on board with, a, as you say, the same direction at the same pace. Yeah. It's so critical and you see that so often going wrong and people are going, well, we don't understand why, you know, so-and-so doesn't understand me and, and they've overspent on their budget and, and they're not giving me the leads I want. And so often it's just this communication breakdown that you've, you've witnessed and funny that we're, you know, we're obviously here talking a lot about, you know, communicating with each other and everything. And and that's for me, again, it's just reinforced the importance of that in, in anything you're doing, of yeah, course, really. Absolutely. Um, and it's not just talking, it's listening. It's making mm. sure that you're hearing, not just looking and nodding a lot and just thinking, oh, I assume, I assume they're agreeing with me yeah, yeah, without yeah. listening. And, and as a marketing manager, we, we, talk, we have talked about what the skills of being a manager is all about. And, you know, one of them is to actually quite regularly go and talk to your team. You don't necessarily, it's very tempting to think, oh, I've got to learn how to do everything they do. If they do it, I must learn how to do it. Well, actually, probably not. Because actually, are you going to, are you going to spend a lot of time, waste a lot of time learning how to do every single thing that your team's doing? Mm -hmm. That's why you've got a team. Trust them. And believe, if, you've, if you've recruited them correctly, you should trust them to do it nicely and they should feel confident to come back to you and saying I know you don't quite get this and you ought to say no I don't mm -hmm. but I think we ought to do xyz and that's exciting mm -hmm. and actually being able to say to a team member brilliant I would never have thought of that how can we build that into the next into the strategy that makes work exciting and thrilling so leadership is not just downwards it should you ought to you can lead from the bottom mm. and it's very important to recognize that you sometimes do need to go and talk to your boss and say I think we're missing a trick. 
Yes. Oh, absolutely. I, I, it's that, um, oh gosh, what's that term where you have everyone says yes to everything. And so you'll group think, is that the one I think? Um, so the whole thing of actually challenging and, and being okay to to challenge ideas and, and you know, even, I say even the most, the most junior people coming in and, and challenging things and how much you learn from each other yep. in a marketing team is so important. And I think um, really that that sense of, you know, the, the culture again, you know, the culture that you as a leader are helping to you're not creating it all. You're trying to set a bit of a tone and get people to to, to follow that and to to feel comfortable within it to let that a, a culture flourish. But a culture of open communication, where people understand who does what well. So that's all we have time for in part one of our centenary edition. And uh, well, catch up with more interesting insights and reflections over the last hundred episodes in part two. 